You can have a seat. Thank you so much. Welcome to Concord Baptist Church on a very special Sunday here at Concord as we recognize our graduates. I'm glad that you were able to experience this with us and with them and their families. It's always a special day in the life of our church family, and uh, we're excited about recognizing all these folks today and their accomplishments. If you don't know me, my name is Chase Stone. I'm the Associate Pastor for Education and Evangelism here at Concord, and uh, we are delighted to be worshiping with you today. I've got several announcements I need to get to, so uh, make note of these if you uh, feel like you, these apply to you. You might want to go ahead and put them in your calendar. Uh, some of them are very important church-wide announcements, so make sure you tune in for those. Next Sunday night, it's the 23rd, uh, in the PM service, we're going to have a, a time of testimony, which uh, Pastor Bill's been leading us through throughout these last couple of months. We're going to have that testimony time, but immediately following the testimony time, we will have a brief Q&A session for our future building plans. Many of you are already aware of the, of the plans that we have for the new buildings here on our campus, and this will be an opportunity for you to come, bring any questions that you may have, and we'll have a time with Dr. Cox to discuss those, answer those questions that you may have about what this looks like moving forward. So next Sunday night at 5.30 during the evening worship time, we will have that Q&A session, and we hope you'll come and bring your questions with you. Um, Bill, Pastor Bill wants me to also announce that our senior adult dinner at Anderson University is this Friday, the 21st, at 6.30, but registration actually ends tomorrow. So if you want to take part in that dinner on the 21st, you need to register tomorrow. Go ahead and sign up. You can let him know, or you can call the church office and take care of that as well. It's going to be a great time over at Anderson University. And then also, the David Jeremiah Conference for our senior adults is going to be in Pigeon Forge this year in October. It's October 11th through the 14th. It's going to be a great time with David Jeremiah. Registration is now open for that as well, and you can find information about that in both of the Welcome Centers. If you're interested in going and being a part of that in October, go ahead and pick up that information packet there and learn more about this great event that they're going to be taking part in. Uh, pastor Evan, our children's pastor, wants me to remind everyone about Vacation Bible School coming up on June 21st through the 25th. This is also a really big moment and our big week in the life of our church as well. We love having all these kids come and learn about Jesus, and we, uh, we're having a great time doing that over the years. But this is going to be a little different this year. We've moved the times. We usually do it in the morning. But now we're actually going to have evening uh, vacation Bible school. It's going to be 6 to 8.30. And uh, in order to make all this happen, we need volunteers. And if you haven't volunteered yet and you'll be free on those nights, we would love to have you come pour into the lives of these kids. We could put you to work. We know we could find a great spot for you. So if you would be interested in doing that and serving in that way, just get in touch with Pastor Evan or Kayla Guffey or Morgan O'Brien. They head up our Vacation Bible School and they would love to get you plugged in. Also, um, maybe many of you probably aren't even aware of this, but uh, some of you were here when they joined, but Austin and Ashley Gardner, Austin serves as our new assistant media director. He's an assistant to Cole, who handles all of our social media stuff and all of those things that we have um, really started implementing over the last year or so. Austin has come on board working alongside of us to get more information out to you about Concord. And Austin and Ashley were just uh, recently married, and we want to have a reception for them just to give us an opportunity to love on them, welcome them to the Concord family. So next Sunday, that's the 23rd as well, right after this service, the morning service over in the commons area, we're going to have a reception and a good old-fashioned pounding for them. So uh, right after the service, find your way back there. We'll get you a chance to, to introduce yourself to them, uh, welcome them, um, maybe shed a little love on them with a gift maybe if you want to bring something. I know gift cards spend well around here, so if you, have, if you want to take part in that, we, they would love it and they would appreciate it. So just be here after the service next week for Austin and Ashley Gardner just to show them how much we appreciate them and all the work that they do in the life of Concord. 
And then lastly, but certainly not least, uh, you've already heard this before, but on June the 5th, that's a Saturday, um, a really big church-wide event. This is going to be our church-wide picnic out at Anderson University Athletic Complex. This is going to be a huge blowout event. This is the one you've already heard about. We have food trucks coming. We have games set up. We have all the sports you can possibly play set up with tennis and swimming and basketball and volleyball and everything else. This is going to be a great time of fellowship because we heard from all of you that's the one thing that we've missed over the last year is fellowship. So this is going to be a time for all of us just to get together, hang out, eat some lunch, and just enjoy each other's company. So June the 5th at Anderson University Athletic Complex, the time is from 10 till 4, so you got plenty of time to hang out. And uh, if you want to take part in that, we would love to get you signed up. You can do that online or you can call the church office, but we'd like to have a head count just for um, food and drink and that sort of thing. So if you want to take part in that on June the 5th, be sure you come to our um, big kickoff, our big picnic for the churchwide um, gathering. It's going to be a great time. And then remember, the next Sunday, the following day on the 6th, will be our vote for that future building plan as well. So it's a big weekend coming up in June, and we want all of you to take part in that. Uh, if you're a guest and you're visiting with us, I mean, you are probably here to see these graduates. We want to get to know you better. After the service is over, find your way back through those back doors to our bookstore. We would love to get to know you better back there. We have a special gift for you as well, just a token of our appreciation for you being here, and we'd love for you to stop by and see us um, on your way out today. One last thing I just want to remind you of and thank you for is your giving, your continued generosity for our church and supporting our ministries. You continue to, to come through every week and help us out and enable us to do what we need to do and host these events that we want to host. And just a reminder that you can continue to give. You can mail your offering envelopes in here to the church. You can drop them off at the church office or you can do it right here where you sit on your phone. If you just text CBC Give, Concord Baptist Church Give, CBC Give to 732 Five six, and that will enable us to continue to do everything that we need to do to serve the Lord in the way that we've been called. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I look forward to worshiping with you today. I'm going to ask Kevin to come back up and lead us and uh, enjoy worship together. Good morning. It's so good to see you this morning. In First Peter, it says, praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This morning we get to sing together as a corporate body. We get to lift our voices. So let's stand together this morning, and let's begin this time of worship.
see. Thank you for being here with us this morning. This is one of my favorite Sundays to be with you, to get to worship with you, get to celebrate with you, in all honesty, as we are celebrating our graduates. We come and we proclaim great, truthful, honest words to the Lord in praise. Christ is my hope in life and death. And then the beautiful words from Isaac Watts himself who wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. It is well with my soul. I hope you picked up on that same theme right there. In my life and even in my death, it is well with my soul. And so as we come to today in this beautiful day where we're going to recognize our graduates, you and I can hearken back. We can think through our graduations. Maybe that was preschool graduation. Maybe you're in here and you're like, Andrew, I'm in seventh grade. Maybe that was fifth grade graduation. Maybe that was your, your, doc, your MD. Maybe you're a doctor in here. And that was your medical degree for you. We can hearken back. And I hope you can proclaim, and I hope you will continue to proclaim that it is well with your soul, that Christ is your hope in life and death. That Christ is your hope in life and death. It's my joy to celebrate these graduates with you. We, did, we can't always get every single graduate here, and so I just wanna say the names of some that we could not make it today. So Rob Beatenbaum, Mr. Ethan Broom, um, as well as Ms. Emily Tomlinson and Mr. Nolan Waters, as well as Mr. Connor Rokito are all graduated from T.L. Hannah, and they couldn't be here today. And Mr. Hudson Brown is, is graduating from Anderson Christian. And so I want to celebrate them. If you know them, send them a card, send them a congratulation text. But as we begin today, I, I love these students. I'm going to call them up one by one. Um, you can applaud. You can do whatever you like. This is an awesome moment for them. And so first up, we have Miss Megan Bostic. She's graduating from T.L. Hannah. I am absolutely amped. Yeah, give it up for her. Give it up for her. Um, Megan, Megan, without, not just the red hair, you know her by the red hair, but um, she's going to Citadel. So if we got any Citadel alum, just let her know. Give her some praise. Love you. Thank you. Next up, we have Miss Cassidy Bryant. Now, I've known Cassidy since I've got here the past six years. And for six years, I have said, Cassidy, Cassidy, you're going to go to AU. You're going to be a Trojan. She's like, no, Andrew, no. But guess what? Finally wore her down. She's going to AU, and we're excited. <laughs> Proud of you. <sighs> Next up, her dad, you always see him on stage, and you might not have known it. Mr. Mark Cox is always up here playing some sort of guitar. He's right up here playing bass today. But this is Miss Sarah Cox. Come on up. Come on up, Miss Sarah Cox. She's graduating from T.L. Hannah as well. And we're excited that she's going, from what I know, to AU too. So we're super excited. Congratulations. Now, monumentous day. Monumentous day. I'm looking right at them, at the Dodds family. This is a big day for them. Um, if you know Rusty and Stacy, then you know that they are serving, kind-hearted, loving people that we dearly love. But this is their sixth son, and this is their last child, and he is graduating. This is Mr. The One, The Only, Patrick Dodds, graduating from T.L. Anna. And as we all know, and as I am too, Patrick, the youngest are the best, right? 
the youngest are the best. So, especially when you're only boys too. I only have brothers. Next up, we have Miss Cami Lynch. Cami's graduating as well from T.L. Hannah. Cami came into our lives just a few years ago, um, and she's been a joy. She's been a joy for us. Last night, she actually babysat, babysat Tate for us as we, so we could go to Mr. T.L. Hannah, and Tate loves Cami. Proud of you. Thank you. You know it. So, this young man tries his absolute best, he tries, to be the best looking individual in his family. <laughs> However, when you have a dad up there with a camera looking as good as Stephen Quarterman, <laughs> it's really hard. And so we got Mr. John Quarterman graduating from TL Hannah. And he as well is rolling to the Citadel for the next four years, and so we're super excited for him. Next up, we have not a T.L. Hanna graduate. We have somebody graduating from Pendleton. Come on up, Phoebe. This is Miss Phoebe Ritchie. Miss Phoebe Ritchie, who we love dearly as well as her family. And Tate, she has a little sister, Blakely. Tate loves Blakely. So every time he sees Blake, he says, Blakely! So next up, we have the one, the only, she needs probably no introduction, Miss Megan Ruth Selman. Um, you can give it up for her. We're excited. We love her. We're thankful for her. Um, if you know Megan, you know that she can talk just as much as me. So we're talking about, we love some people here. So next up, I was told out front today that he could not believe, Mr. Jerry could not believe she was old enough to even graduate, but Miss Elise Terry. So come on up, seeing her from birth with these beautiful pictures. Come on up, proud of you. And our last high school graduate, our last high school graduate is Miss Ashley White, who is graduating from the South Carolina Governor's School for Arts and Humanities, Arts and Humanities. And so, Kevin likes to think, Pastor Kevin likes to think that he knows how to play double bass, upright bass, you know, stand up, uh, you know. Obviously, I did not play. I'm doing this, right? So, you know. <laughs> Ashley actually does know how to play it and is really great. And she's actually going out to Colorado for school. And so we're super excited. So proud of you. So proud of you. Give it up for our high school graduates. Give it up for them. Next up, we have some of our, our college graduates. And so first up, we have Mr. Josh Allgood, graduated from AU a couple, I guess, just a little over a week ago with his Bachelor's of Science in Christian Ministry. Josh has been here with us. This is his home church, and Josh has been with us for four years as one of my student ministry interns. And we're really excited to see what the Lord has in store for him as he's going to be serving in ministry. Proud of you. Love you. Next up, we have Miss Ashton Hooper. Ashton also has been here, and she's actually been serving the past couple years as one of our student ministry interns for girls and helping me with that and helping Kimberly with that. She graduated from AU as well with her Bachelor's of Science in Early Childhood Elementary. And so um, really, really excited for what the Lord has in store for her. She's getting married this upcoming July to a great guy um, based out of North Carolina and moving up there. So excited for you. Love you. So. Next up, we have Mr. Addison Webb, and he 
graduated from Tri-County Technical College with his associates in applied science in welding. So if you need any welding work done, <laughs> don't call me, call Addison. <laughs> um, proud of you, man, thankful for you. Now, I have to give him an absolute hard time, and all you fans out there, I don't really care. Um, Mr. Austin Wellborn is one of also our great interns for our student ministry here, but, but sadly, he chose to get a bachelor's of science in business management from the former national champions, Clemson. <laughs> so, <laughs> proud of you, proud of you. Uh, and last but not least, we have Ms. Courtney Wilson, who graduated from Anderson University with her Bachelor's of Science in Special Education. I'm so proud of her, so thankful for her. She's served with us for this past four years in student ministry as well. And so I'm going to do something a little unorthodox. It's what I normally do is I normally, I normally pray over you guys by looking at you. But I want you to be able to look out, and I want you to be able to look at Everybody who's been in your corner, everybody who's been in your corner, some of you for your entire lives, some of you for seven years, some of you for the past four, who've been praying for you, who've been thankful for you, who've been encouraging you, who've been there for you in the easy moments and in the hard moments, and who beautifully, in the grace and the goodness and the mercy of the Lord, will continue to be in your corner praying for you. And so I want to get in front of you guys, and I want to pray over you before we continue in worship. So pray with me. Father, we come before you, and we're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your mercy. We're thankful first and foremost before anything else, though, Lord. As, as Pastor Kevin has led us this morning, has led our hearts and our minds and our souls in worship, that you are preeminent, Jesus, and that you died on the cross for our sins. You died on the cross for every, every sin we've ever done, and you died in our place because we deserved that death. But we can have life in you. And Lord, I look at these graduates today. Some of them are, are stepping off into college. Some of them stepping off into the work world, some of them stepping off into to graduating even into a season of, of being married, which is awesome. And Lord, I pray, pray that they keep you and your gospel on the forefront of their hearts, minds, and souls, and that where your next step leads them, that you provide your blessings over them, that you provide them the trust and the courage to take those bold steps of faith you are calling them to. And that you continue every single time as you have done to give them that victory after victory after victory again. Lord, I'm so thankful that you brought myself and Kimberly here and you have intersected our lives with every single one, every single one of these young men and women right here. And the joy that they've brought us 
and the joy that they brought their families and friends. And that you encourage them and that you hold them near and that you remind them time and time and time again, oh Lord, that you are near and you are with them. Lord, we love you so much and we need you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You guys can have a seat.
You might be thinking, I thought we just heard from Andrew. Well, I have a little bit more for you, so maybe a little bit longer. If you guys have your Bibles today, I'll flip open with me. We're going to be in the Old Testament. We're going to be in Joshua 1 is where we are going to be today. It's always a joy to open up the Word of the Lord with you and to study through that Word with you. Excited to see that specifically and how He's going to teach us. If you've been with us, if you've seen these students, if you know these students, I have a big challenge for you. I have a challenge for you before we even get in today. My challenge for you is this. If they're your child, grandchild, good friend, great. Write that name down, whoever that is, and then pick another one, at least one more. Maybe you don't know them in any capacity. My challenge for you is this. Any of them, grab one of their names and write it down. Write it down in a place you're going to see every single day. And you might be like, Andrew, I was paying attention, but I wasn't paying that good of attention. Just email me, abarns at concordbaptist.com. I'll send you all of their names. My challenge for you is this. They're taking next steps into a new season. We all take next steps into new seasons. We're all graduating in different ways. My challenge for you is this, is to pray for them by name for the next year, at least the next year. Pray for them by name for at least the next year. So pray with me as we begin today. Lord, we come to you. We're thankful for who you are. We are thankful for what you've done. We are thankful that we get to open your word. We get to open your word and hear from you. Lord, I pray that today that you give us, you give us hearts, you give us minds, you give us souls to hear from you and to enjoy you, Lord, to enjoy your presence, to enjoy getting to be with you and to worship you. There's nothing like it. Lord, we love you so much, and we need you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So this, this sermon's going to be a little different. Um, Dr. Cox is working through a sermon series on faith right now. And we're going to see some faith here, for sure. And Pastor Chase and I, we've been teaching in the gym, and we've been working through the prayers of David, through specifically the Psalms. So I'm taking us to a completely different book on either one of the Bible, where they are. And it's really easy to come to church on a graduate recognition Sunday, right? And think, well, I'm not a graduate. I don't have a child who's a graduate. I don't have a grandchild who's a graduate. And it's really easy to zone out. Really easy to zone out. And my challenge for you is this. We might be looking at this the wrong way. We might be looking at these monumentous moments of graduation the wrong way. Maybe, I was talking with a guy this, this past week who was telling me that he graduated to a new name. And his new name is Pops. And why is because his eldest daughter gave birth 
And they live overseas. This, this guy I'm talking to lives overseas, and his daughter lives in Texas. Gave birth to their first granddaughter and grandchild in November. And so he graduated to a new name of Pops. Maybe you're in here, and you've graduated from being just husband and wife to mom and dad now. Or maybe it's mom and dad the second time or the third time. Maybe it's graduating from high school. Maybe it's graduating from college. Maybe it's you've taken that next step of faith and you've been pretty bold because you've enjoyed seeing that real estate market and you said, I'm gonna take that next step of faith and be bold because I'm a seller and I'm gonna sell my house. And now you're graduating to a new house. Every one of us in here right now is either in a new season of life or is going to be in a new season of life sometime soon. And so I want us to look at the first nine verses of the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bible, open with me there. But even there, look a page over to your left. If you got your phone, open up and pull up Deuteronomy 34. This is what happens right before Joshua, in Joshua 1, 1 through 9 happens. This is what has just happened in Deuteronomy 34. My Bible scholars out there already know where I'm rolling. Verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He was buried in the valley in the land of Beth, facing Beth Peor in Moab. And no one to this day knows where the grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak, and he was full of vigor. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. Verse 9, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded him. No prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So there's Moses. Moses, 120 years old, passes away just as the Lord said he would. He dies in Moab, facing Beth Peor. No one knows where he's buried. The Lord himself buried him, it says. Monumentous. And then we come to verse 10, right? And it says that there is no prophet to this day in Israel like Moses, who has known the Lord face to face. I read that when I was a senior in high school, and I went up to my Sunday school teachers. They were Mike and Mike. Um, great guys, love them. Facebook friends to this day. And I said, Mike, one of them's named Mike Williamson. I said, Mike, I said, Mike, who's the greatest prophet outside of Jesus? You know, you gotta throw in that caveat. And he, he was like, Andrew, what are you asking? I said, well, I've come to Deuteronomy 34 and reading the word, and I've read that there is no prophet in the rest of Israel's history 
that was like Moses who, who did this, guys, who, who knew the Lord face to face. And he's like, hmm. He's like, I don't know if that makes him the greatest, though. Obviously, Jesus fulfills the role, the office of the prophet perfectly. Notice the massiveness. We talk about Moses, right? We know Moses is the guy who helped get and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Maybe you've seen even that film recently, Exodus. Moses is a patriarch of the faith, is this massive, massive guy thanks to what the Lord has done. And then, read with me just one verse. After the death of Moses, this is Joshua 1.1. After the death of Moses, so 30 days have gone by, the Lord's servant, the Lord, Yahweh himself, spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Massive day in the life of Joshua. Massive day in the life of Joshua. This is graduation day. I hope you notice that. Joshua is literally going from being the guy who was with Moses as his assistant to being the leader of Israel for the Lord. Massive, massive, massive moment in the life of Joshua. And I want us to look at three things in these just first nine verses that the Lord tells you, that the Lord tells me, and that the Lord told Joshua. Joshua. I lived in Atlanta growing up. I graduated from a high school in Atlanta. Um, and so we graduated. We didn't graduate in our schools. Some of the high schools in Gwinnett County did. Those who are crazy enough to hold a graduation on Memorial Day weekend in a stadium with 800 kids when it was like 97 outside. Thankfully, my school was pretty wise. So they said, we're going to graduate in what was, what was the Gwinnett um, Convention Center. It's now the Infinity Energy Center. And so it holds like 15,000 people. It's pretty large. And so I graduated on a Thursday morning, high school. I can't really tell you the commencement speeches. I have no idea. But I remember a few things from there. One, I was one of about 700 kids to graduate. I know there's a lot larger high schools than that. But when your name is, starts with a B, right? Like, you just have the A's before you. And you know what you have behind you? A lot more letters to go. <laughs> so we run through all these names and we, we finally finish to the end. And it was great, we throw the caps and everything. I'm one of these, these dweebs who threw my cap 10 feet high because I wanted to grab it and take it home with me. I don't have it to this day, so who knows why I didn't throw it 70 feet high, but you know. All I knew is I was like, I don't really want to linger. I don't really want to hang around. I'm just gonna go get my diploma and leave. Because it's already been a long ceremony. But 
I found my family, I found my parents, I found my grandparents, um, extended family that came in to see us. And just, I started thinking about the relationships that I enjoyed, that I had poured into, that I had invested into, that had invested in me. And so we ended up staying around outside the um, convention center for like a couple hours, honestly, just talking with my friends, talking with their families, talking with um, people I call auntie and uncle. In those relationships, those massive relationships that were influential. And I got to be reminded that it was just like 12 o'clock, so we went and had lunch and finished up. And I got to rest the rest of the day. It wasn't that bad. And graduation day was over. And I come back to the words of Yahweh here to, to Joshua. And I, I think about my graduation day, and I think about what Yahweh tells Joshua. He says three things. He says, one, he says, do not linger. He says, do not linger. Two, he says, invest in the, capital T, capital H, capital E, relationship. And then number three, he says this, no matter what, no matter the toils, no matter the struggles, no matter the joys, no matter the greatest moments, of your life and of Israel's life, rest in the ultimate. And so jump with me here. Do not linger. He says first and foremost to Joshua. Yahweh's speaking to Joshua here. Yahweh spoke to Moses. Now he's speaking to Joshua. Massive, massive moment in the life of Joshua. These first six verses, he tells Joshua, he tells you, he tells me, he says, do not linger. And he says this, pick up with me in verse two. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as I live. And as long as you live, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Verse six, be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. So we pick up back here. The exodus has happened. The Israelites have, have lingered in the wilderness for 40 years because they didn't take the promised land in faith that the Lord had promised them. And so it's about the year 1400. And this is the first time, 1400 BC, this is about the first time that we're gonna see the Israelites to the west of the Jordan River. And Yahweh tells Joshua, he says, do not continue to linger in the wilderness, but rather go take your inheritance that I have given you. And he gives them three things. He gives us three reasons why you and I still today should not linger in the spiritual wilderness. Do not linger in that spiritual wilderness 
amidst high school graduation and four years of college and not finding and being invested in a local church, having that first child and getting out of church, having and moving to a new place and grabbing a new job and moving somewhere where you're not familiar whatsoever, and so you linger. The Lord tells Joshua, he says, remember, I will stand with you. Do not linger. Do not linger as well because this, I am with you. And he says, he even, he even gives Joshua more. As though Joshua really needed more, he gives him more. Not only will I stand with you and I am with you, he says this to Joshua. Remember, monumentous day for Joshua's life. Think about trying to fill the shoes of Moses for Joshua and what he must have been feeling. He said, not only will I stand with you, not only am I with you, guess what? I will never leave you. For you and me, the Lord says, do not linger in that spiritual wilderness. Don't be there. Don't be in a place where you should not be. Why? Because I will stand with you, I am with you, and I will never leave you. I'm reminded of the words of the famous, the man, the known as the prince of preachers. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, pastor, preacher at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in England, London, lived in like the 1830s to the 1890s. The man did not need one of these, did not need a mic, and still spoke to like 10,000 people. At the age of 22, in the 50s, 1850s that is, um, he was known as the most popular preacher in all of London. Guy who knew like seven languages and gave away um, present day more than $100 million philanthropy-wise, starting orphanages and other nonprofits. I'm reminded of his words. He says this. He says, for it is time that we take possession of the goodly heritage that the Lord has made our own. For it is time that we take possession of the goodly heritage that the Lord has made our own. For in Christ Jesus, and then notice these words. He quotes Paul here. We have obtained an inheritance. The guarantee of it is in our possession, the Spirit of God. And then notice what he says. His last sentence here is beautiful. Spurgeon says this. He says, for we, he didn't say you, he says we. Spurgeon lumps himself in this mix. I lump myself in this mix. For we have lingered long enough in the wilderness. I encourage you, I challenge you, write Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 on your heart as Christians, as believers. Paul speaks to the Ephesians, he says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you also believed, were sealed in him in the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 13, verse 14. The Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance as believers, as Christians. 
until the redemption of the possession, until the Lord comes back for you and me or we are with him in glory. And then notice how Paul finishes this little section to the Ephesians. He says, to the praise of his glory. Spurgeon quotes Paul. You and I, as believers, if we've confessed and believed in Jesus as the Lord of our life, the Savior of our life, that Jesus is who he says he was and did what he says he did and that he died on the cross for our sins, we can be saved. We can be saved. Not only for the gift of eternal life in him, but also to live a holy life for him. And he does not leave us alone. That's the beautiful part here. Jesus doesn't just come and save by dying on the cross for our sins if we confess and believe in him. He also gives us himself. Yahweh was giving himself through his words to Joshua to encourage him, to challenge him, to remind him to do not linger in a spiritual wilderness. And for you and me as believers, as Christians, we are reminded not to linger in the spiritual wilderness. We have the promised Holy Spirit. Man, we could unpack Ephesians for days, but it still blows my mind, and I hope it blows your mind as well, that the down payment of your inheritance and my inheritance as a believer and as a son of the great king himself, Yahweh, creator of the entire universe, the one and only God in the entire world who sent his son, Yahweh, Jesus, Trinity, think more mind blown, to die on the cross for our sins, gives us himself as just the down payment of our inheritance in the spirit of God. Why? So that when fears come, when the first, I was blessed, I was a religion major at Georgia, so you know why I was blessed? I didn't have to take calculus at UGA, or I would have felt the pain that I'm about to say. Guys, when, when you go to Clemson, the Citadel, AU, and you take calculus for the first time, and you get that 60 back on the test, and you think your world is going to crash around you, one, know that it's not. Two, be reminded that you have the down payment of your inheritance already. Doesn't mean you shouldn't work hard, but it does mean that we shouldn't fear and we shouldn't live in the wilderness. Two, Yahweh goes on as he's talking to Joshua here. Verse seven and verse eight, he says, I want you to do this. He says, I want you to invest in that Capital bold, T-H-E relationship. Verse seven. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success where you go. Verse eight. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. He goes on, he says, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to invest in the relationship. 
What he's saying is, I want you to invest your time, your energy, your prayer life, everything, Joshua, as you are trying to lead, trying is the key word, trying to lead the Israelites in me. I want you to invest it all in me. Notice, this is the second time the Lord says, he says it first in verse six, he says it now again, be strong and courageous. Meaning, do not fear, do not be weak. Invest your time, invest your energy. There is no greater investment you're gonna make in your life than in your relationship with the Lord. He tells Joshua two things, what that looks like. He says, if you're sitting there thinking very practically, how do I invest in that relationship, Andrew? I've confessed and believed in Jesus. I've known that I'm a sinner, and I know he died on the cross for me. How do I invest in this relationship? Yahweh tells Joshua, tells you and me, he says, one, he says, I want you to observe carefully all that Moses commanded. So when you think of Moses, Moses enters into the scene in the book of Exodus. So you have Genesis, Exodus, then you have Leviticus, Numbers, and some of Deuteronomy. And so Yahweh tells Joshua this, I want you to spend the time in the relationship with me in this word right here, understanding how you should ethically and faithfully live amongst the world. First. First. And then notice Yahweh goes and he tells Joshua, not only do I want you to observe carefully what Moses has instructed you, I actually just want you, want you to observe carefully the whole book. So whole book, meaning for you and me, beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, Genesis to Revelation. For Joshua at the time, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and a good portion, probably almost all of Deuteronomy at this time. And I, I want us to see what Yahweh is actually driving home here to Joshua. And what he's driving home here is this. This is a momentous day. For you, Joshua, Moses is dead. Notice how he says this, Moses has died. Guess who hasn't died? Yahweh. Guess who is eternal? Joshua, Yahweh. Guess whose words you don't just need to observe carefully? Moses's. Why? Moses is dead. Who gave those words to Moses? I did. Who is the reason that Moses was able to successfully lead the Israelites out of Egypt? Not Moses, me. Yahweh reminds Joshua of this. I am creator. I have no beginning. I have no end. I am. I am. That's who he is. And that the relationship, the time, the effort, the energy, it's important to work on plans. It's important to do your schoolwork. It's important to be a great employee. It's important to be a great boss. It is monstrous 
to be a wonderful new dad and new mom, new grandfather, and invest that time. But what Yahweh wants Joshua to recognize more than anything else in his life is this. You will be a failure without me. That's what Yahweh tells him. You will not succeed without me. Invest your time, invest your energy. Spend time with the Lord daily in his word. Maybe you're like, Andrew, I struggle with that a little bit. Man, just hop on Instagram if you have Instagram. If not, no worries. Subscribe to the Concord Student Ministry page. We post devotions every single day for our students, written by myself, written by some of our interns, great leaders. I was talking with a college student this week, and we were talking about the famed movie that was before that, a book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's the, it's the one book that everybody knows that C.S. Lewis wrote from the Chronicles of Narnia. And we were just talking about the beauty of Lewis and his writing style. And I was reminded of what Lewis spoke about in chapter 8. There are these four children, Lucy, Edmund, Susan, and Peter. They are the Pavinci kids. Lucy finds this beautiful world of Narnia going through the wardrobe, right? She finally convinces Edmund, and they finally convince their elder siblings, Peter, who's the oldest, and then Susan. And they come and they start talking to this beaver who actually talks, right? Craziness. And they were going to talk in, out in the open air. And the beaver says, no, it's not safe. Let's go to my house. And so they go to his house. And I'm reminded in chapter 8, as they're all talking, Mr. Beaver says this, this beautiful line. And I was reminded by this college student of this line. It's been a while since I've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But I've gone back and, and spent time reading it this week. He says, Aslan, they say Aslan is on the move. And then Lewis, in the next paragraph, beautiful next paragraph, says that when each of the kids, not even knowing who Aslan is, not even knowing who Aslan is, Heard his name for the first time right then when Mr. Beaver said, they say Aslan is on the move. It says that every single one of the children felt something different, thought something different, and knew the massive importance of who this Aslan was, even though yet they didn't know that he was the God of Narnia. He was, in terms of it, the Yahweh of Narnia. It says that the eldest brother, Peter, says that he felt brave and adventurous. And I'm reminded of these words right here as Yahweh looks at Joshua, as he's speaking with Joshua, and as you and I come to Joshua chapter one, one through nine, and as we come to the word of the Lord, and that same concept as we, we hear the name Yahweh, I am, maybe for the first time, maybe you've had a relationship with the Lord for years, 
And he tells us over and over, and as we're going to see one more time in, chapter, in verse 9, be strong and courageous in me. Invest in the relationship, guys. Last but not least, verse 9. He says, rest in the ultimate. Rest in the ultimate. Verse 9. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, if you've never spent time reading through the book of Joshua, read through the book of Joshua. What it is is this. It is the Israelites finally not lingering. It's the Israelites finally investing in the relationship. And it's the Israelites even in the midst of struggles, of hardships, of battles, of losses, of them resting in the ultimate of who God is. Why? Because that is what Yahweh had commanded Joshua to do. And they had a great leader who actually did that. And so what we see in the book of Joshua is we see the Lord giving the Israelites victory after victory after victory. Why? Because they had put their trust in him and had taken step of faith after step of faith after step of faith. For you and me in here, as you know, I'm sure, every single day isn't like one of those Lucky Charms ads that you see on TV where you're looking for a pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow and everything's blue skies. Whereas I like to say in one of my phrases that everything's rainbows and butterflies. Everything's not going to be rainbows and butterflies every single day of your life. The last words Joshua hears from Yahweh right here at the beginning is this. He tells him to be strong and courageous third time. Notice that number three. Be strong and courageous for the third time in these verse, nine verses. So the, this number three is symbolizing, symbolizing completeness and harmony. This is it, guys. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous in me. And he reminds Joshua of this. He says, I am with you wherever you go. He says, rest in the ultimate. Rest in me is what he's saying. In the hardest moments of your life, as we cling to, and this is why I have challenged you and will continue to challenge you, to write Ephesians 1, 1 through 13 through 14 on your hearts. The Lord is with you as a believer wherever you go. That doesn't mean you're going to get victory after victory. That doesn't mean there's not going to be toils and struggles. That doesn't mean you're going to make A's on everything. He is with you wherever you go. If you remember, Paul not only tells the Ephesians that the Holy Spirit is the down payment of their inheritance, but he leaves the Philippians, another church he began, with these beautiful words. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say to you, rejoice. In Philippians chapter four, 
Then he goes on and he says, if you remember, let your graciousness be made known to all men. Who you are should be gracious. And then this beautiful, beautiful, finishing just little sentence, four words of verse six. He says, the Lord is near. Four, verse, four words in verse six of Philippians four. The Lord is near. And then he goes on and says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your reasonableness and let your requests be made known to God. For the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Notice, notice, your hearts and your minds, guys. Your hearts and your minds will be guarded in Christ Jesus. In the Savior himself is where our hearts and our minds are guarded as we bring to him all of our requests, all of our anxieties, all of our fears. And as Yahweh reminds Joshua to rest in him, we're reminded to rest and bring everything to him as well. So as I close today, I challenge you, a challenge for you, guys, is this. First and foremost, do not linger. Do not linger. Do not linger. Spend the time with the Lord, but do not linger in the spiritual wilderness. One of the best ways, and you guys are all here today, but there's going to come a day probably where you might not be here. You might move. You might go off to college. You might move and get married after college. You might move closer to your kids, your grandkids. There might come a day where you're not here in Anderson, South Carolina. Don't linger in a spiritual wilderness. And one of the best ways that is, is to be plugged in and involved in a local Bible-believing community of believers who will hold you accountable and you will grow in the Lord himself. That's what Concord Baptist Church is. And I know that I'm very biased as a student pastor, but if you don't have a church home and you've been in our area for a little while, or this is maybe your first time here, man, I challenge you to come check us out. I challenge you, if you have been here, check out Dr. Cox's membership class. If for some reason I fooled you into believing that I'm the lead pastor here, I'm not. <laughs> that man's name is Dr. Don Cox, um, and he will be back preaching next Sunday morning with you. As it, through his faith series. Invest in the relationship. Make that preeminent, guys. Your goal in succeeding as a student, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, as a dad, as a brother, as a sister, as grandparents, as most importantly, as a disciple of Christ who make disciples, you're not going to succeed on your own. You're going to succeed because of the Lord working in your life. Invest in the relationship. And lastly, lastly but not leastly, in every little moment of your life, in every joy and every sorrow, be reminded, be reminded that the Lord is near. 
and that you can rest in him and his sovereignty and his goodness in your life. As we finish up today, man, I challenge you, maybe today's the day where you, you cried out you didn't know Jesus and you cried out where you are. Jesus, I need you, save me. We hear in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Beauty is Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 10.9, Romans 10.9, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Maybe that's you today. Come find me. I'm going to be right up here. If you don't want to find me right up here, I'll be here after the service. I'm very approachable. I like you, even though I might not know you. I like you. And you can like me too. Come find Pastor Chase. Come find Pastor Kevin. Come, come find one of us. Maybe you want to take next steps in baptism and proclaim your faith to the world that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that you aren't going to linger in spiritual wilderness and that you are going to spend time with him and that you are going to rest in him. Come find me. I'll be up here. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Time and time again, you are always faithful, Lord. I'm reminded of Paul's words to Timothy. He says, you are faithful even when we are faithless. Lord, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful that we get to come and worship you. I know the hearts and the souls of those in here today are not all feeling great joy and pleasure. Some are in sorrow, some are in pain. Lord, remind them of your goodness in their lives. Remind us of your goodness in our lives. Remind us that you are near. Lord, we love you so much and we need you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Stand together. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Thank you guys for being here today and worshiping with us. Man, if you grab, see a graduate, congratulate them. Um, excited for them, excited for the next steps. And as I challenge you, be praying for at least one of them by name for this entire next year. Tonight we have service in the fellowship hall at 5.30. Our student ministry is meeting in here as well at 5.30. We love you. You are dismissed.